So we're gonna go. We're gonna go ahead and get. We're gonna go ahead and get started this morning. And uh, so, uh, anybody not get a copy of the lesson? Anybody? Everybody get one copy of the lesson. And uh, so, what I'm gonna do um, this morning? We had we had uh, some some ladies made the refreshments today. We'll have refreshments out every Sunday. And um, if if here's what we'd like for you to do, if you're willing to do this. This is a refreshment sign-up sheet, so there's like 10 weeks on here, and if you want to just sign up for one Sunday, and then if ever if 10 different people sign up, then you just bring whatever you want to bring. If you want to go by the store and get something, you want to go to Dunkin' Donuts, you want to make something, and uh, that way we'll have refreshments and treats every Sunday, all right? So I'll just pass it around. If you want to sign up, uh, go ahead and sign up. If not, just pass it on to the next person, and just remember... Uh, we'll probably, Melissa or somebody will probably just let you know, hey, don't forget about your refreshments, all right? So we want to welcome you to uh, our, our couples class. And uh, I'm going to kind of, as we begin today, I'm going to kind of get into the, the lesson, and it's, we probably won't finish it, um, but I, I feel like that, that there are so many couples in our, cl- in our church and I think all of us need need some encouragement from the Word of God how to how to have a, the right kind of marriage, one that honors the Lord. And and I know this: the devil doesn't want us to have a successful home. He's the devil's always fighting. So what I'm going to do is I'll take a little time this morning and do kind of an introduction, and then we'll get into our lesson and we'll see how far we get with it. If you have questions or anything, feel free. I uh, want to make sure that you have an opportunity. Uh, now, I will, every week I'll have these. I can pass these out. If you have some questions and you want to submit those, I can answer those the following week. Or if we get a couple questions, then what I'll do is I'll try to answer maybe a couple of them every week or whatever. Uh, you, you can ask things here in class. I won't promise you I'll always have the answer. All right, I'll do the best I can. I'm not going to make up something. So uh, my answer sometimes might be, that's a great question, and let me study that out, and I'll get back with you on that, okay? But I want to try to answer any questions that you may have, and just, just the fact that you're here this morning tells me that you realize it's a priority to make God first in your home and in your marriage, and I want to thank you guys for taking the opportunity to be a part of it. Uh, this is certainly encouraging to see you here today. So uh, let me give you some things, and you can jot down some things if you want. Um, but, you know, I, when I think about homes and marriages, um, certainly I think that marriages should, like a car, fire on all cylinders. Um, the, the intent behind this uh, couples class is that we would be happy, functioning families, couples, marriages, and so as I think about this, when you look in the Bible, the family is God's creation. God designed the home long before government and long before he instituted the church. Uh, way back in the Genesis account, we see God establishing the home. And as God designed it, it's, it the home is really uh, meant to reflect even God's nature. Uh, I've done quite a few weddings over the years. And when I do a wedding, I'm standing there with a husband and wife, which is a beautiful picture of Christ and the church. And I think when you think of of families, God God holds the home, the family in high regard. It's his design. And God wants to use your home, your marriage, 
to do his work in the world today. Now, you may not think of it that way, but the truth is that's what God wants. That's his design. The family is the most essential and most noble of all human institutions. Um, God designed that everything should begin at home. Now, here's a good example. When you think about our church, and I love our church, and I think that when you come here, you should get something for yourself. You should get something for your, your, your spouse and you as, as a husband and wife. You should get something for your home, maybe dealing with if you have children. Um, it, all of those things are true. But what God's design is, is that the responsibility is at the home even before the church. For instance, the Perezes here have little children. And their kids are in class right now. They're learning the Bible this morning like mom and dad are. But the responsibility that God has given is really first the home. That's why they need to make sure, that, and all of us, that our home is a Christian home. It's a place that pleases the Lord. So when you think about this, the responsibility is not on the church, but it's more on the home. Is it, you understand what I'm saying here? So, so we, we have to understand God's design is that everything begins at home. Uh, there's no magic, you know, when, just because you come to church doesn't mean your home is going to be what it should be. Your home, you need to work on that because think about, think about how much time you spend here every week versus how much time you spend at home. How many of you, how many of you think you spend more time at home than you do at church, right? It's a given. So as we think about that, it's very important for us to see this design that God has given to us because, listen, nothing will replace the family that's been designed by God. Government will never replace it. Uh, schools can never replace it. How about this? The redefined family of the world today will never replace what God has designed. See, today it's like you don't know who the home is. Uh, because the, the order, the divine order, the structure of the home is totally different than what God's design was. And listen, do you think that the world can improve on what God designed? No. Now they think they can. So they're constantly trying to change, to redefine the home. But from the first day of creation, Satan has been attacking the home, you know, Anybody feel that this morning? The devil trying to attack your home? It's amazing how it always happens on Sunday more than any other day of the week. Did you ever notice that? My wife used to, what did you used to call that? Sleepy dust. You know, she's like, like, like on Saturday, she woke up on her own, no problem. She wasn't tired. But on Sunday, totally different story. You know, and, and it's just, the devil doesn't want you to come to church. A lot of Sundays, people will say to me, boy, I didn't feel very good today, and I almost didn't come to church. And then they'll say, I'll always say something like this, but I'm so glad that I came. You know, and, and that's what the devil wants. He wants people to stay at home. He doesn't want your marriages to be in tune with God and his word. And so the devil's always attacking. And, and you know that the devil has many ways that he can attack your home, the fiery darts, uh, Satan wants every marriage to fail. His desire for every one of, of his, uh, God's children to fail, every Christian home to fail. You know, this is an all-out attack 
that the devil has against our homes and against our marriages. And, you know, the thing about it is when you're living in a time of peace, then it, it's evident that there, there tends to be a little bit more casual approach to life. In other words, there's no problem, there's no enemy, so there's no threat. You know, a lot of times when things are going well, we, we just kind of, what do we do? We let our guard down. You know, what does it matter to miss church one time? What does it matter not to have family devotions? What does it matter not to work on our marriage together? You know, I always miss you guys when you're gone. But listen, if, if, if you and your spouse go away for a weekend, listen, I think that's a good thing. You know, you, you need time. Uh, you know, get back to, some of you need to honestly get back to or start dating each other again. You know, I, I think the, the tendency is the longer we're married, the, the, the less time we spend together. You know, I've, I've said this many times, my concept and my wife's concept are two totally different concepts because men and women are different. So sometimes I'll be working and I'll be up here at the church or I'll be doing something and she'll say to me, She'll say, when are you coming home? And I'll say, well, you know, I'm trying to finish something. And then about 20 minutes later, she'll text me again. When are you coming home? So finally, I'll, I'll get there and I'll walk in. And being a man, I'm like, I'm home. <laughs> you know, and she just, she'll just look at me and then go right back to what she was doing. <laughs> and so I'll sit down on the couch next to her, you know, maybe a spot between us. And I'll sit there for a second like, okay, because in my mind, I'm thinking she wanted something. When are you coming home? When are you coming home? And I, finally, I'll say, what did you want? And she'll say, nothing. I just wanted you to be here. You know, now I don't get that. Yeah, you know, as, that. as a man, my you. Wife said, my wife said, I want you home so I can have comfort that you're home, but I want to scream at you because I'm upset about <laughs> Listen, you don't have to be married more than even a couple months to realize that you and your spouse are created different. There is, de between a man and a woman, I mean, our mindset, the way we think, it's totally different. Now, that doesn't mean one is right and one is wrong. It just means that we need to work at understanding each other. Um, I don't want to change my wife. I learned a long time ago, men cannot change their wives. I learned that the hard way. I'm not going to explain to you how I learned that. Uh, but I did make the attempt, a noble attempt as a, as a husband. This is the way my wife's going to be. And my wife says, no, this is not the way it's going to be. You know, Now, she did it submissively and kind of nicely. But, um, but, but here's the thing is, is that God has a design. And when we understand that we're under attack, guess what that's going to do? It's going to affect the way we live. Uh, I'm looking around here. Any of you serve military? A couple of you did. And, and you know, you think about this. When, when, when it's a time of war, then you're, you're always on your guard. You're ready. But when there's no, there's no battles, when, there's, when it's a time of peace, you, you know, everything's good. And when that happens, what do we do? Again, we relax. We're not aware. We're not ready. And guess what happens then? Things catch us off guard. How did this happen? How did we get in this situation? 
And, and what happens is, is that we've let things go because there was no, no problem. And so when things happen, you know, the, the Bible says, and I, I don't know if I can quote the verse, but it says that we shouldn't be blown around with every wind of doctrine. Well, listen, when we're anchored in the design that God's given us for our marriage, you know what's going to happen is we're going to be successful. But if we're not anchored in the biblical principles, then when something happens, we're going to be out of church. We're going to be at odds against each other. We're going to be, you, you get me? And, and that's kind of the way it is. And that's why we've, we've always got to be prepared to think about when these things happen. Because every marriage that Satan wrecks, every home he disrupts, every life he destroys, you know what they are? They're trophies. Satan's got a huge mantle, and he just keeps putting all these trophies on his mantle. And you think about how many homes, how many marriages Satan has destroyed. You know, now God's intent is that our marriage will stay together. What does the Bible say? Where, where, where God, what God had joined together, let not man put asunder, right? God wants you to stay together. He, he, he look. You, you leave father and mother and you cleave together. So that's, that's his design. Now, Satan understands the important strategic place of the family that God has instituted. And look, God has a standard, and his standard is the truth, the word of God. You know, if people say, well, how, how, do, how is your, your marriage? What do you live by? What guides you as a husband and wife? Well, listen, after all these years, my answer, now it wasn't early on, but my answer would be, I find it in the word of God, how I should be as a husband, how, I, how our home should be. God has a standard of truth, and that's what we're going to look at. That's our beginning lesson here, because Satan, he hates God, and, and the reality is Satan can't do anything against God. He can't do anything to God, but what Satan realizes is he can do things to us. And what we need to do is don't give place to the devil. That's, and we, we've been guilty of that. Uh, so over the next couple uh, months, we're going to study some biblical principles, some truths for our home. We're going we're gonna to look to uncover some of these qualities. And, and look, how many of you, don't just raise your hand, how many of you really want a happy, functioning family? You know, I hope everybody in here does. And so that's what we're going to spend time looking at is having a successful family because a successful family doesn't come by luck or by fate. You have to work at it. It, ha it has everything to do with obedience and submission to God and the eternal truths of God. So, you know, everyone in this class should be like, and I talked to the men about this yesterday, where Joshua said this. He said, choose you this day whom you will serve. Now, Maybe, you, maybe you're sitting here this morning saying, well, I made that choice however many years ago. Are you still living by that choice? And th that's what we need to see is, is that we're obeying God. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. God wants to bless everyone that makes that choice. So in this first lesson, what we're going to cover, if you notice there, is a correct priority structure. You know, you, you've got to look at the structure if we're going to talk about building on it, on that foundation, we got to look at the proper uh, structure that God has given to us. 
Here's an illustration, and I thought it was kind of timely. I'll share it with you. But there was a diehard fan, and this fan was surprised to see an empty seat at the Super Bowl. He got to the game, and he couldn't believe it. There was an empty seat, just like a row over from him. And he, he just kept looking to see if somebody was going to fill that seat, and nobody sat down. He couldn't believe it. An empty seat at the Super Bowl? And, and so finally, after a while, not seeing anybody, he sees the lady that's sitting next to the empty seat, and he goes over to her, and he says, can I ask you a question out of curiosity? And the lady says, sure. And he says, look, this is the Super Bowl. He says, is somebody supposed to be sitting in that seat? And the lady says, well, she said, it was my husband's, but he died. And the fan says, oh, ma'am, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to, to, to bring it up. You know, I, I just, I saw that empty seat and I thought, you know, surely somebody, a relative or a friend or somebody could fill that seat. And she said, I know. She said, it, it, it beats me as well. She says, I, I, you know, they all insisted to go to his funeral. You know, so, so this fan that couldn't believe, yeah, this, this, this fan that couldn't believe it. Here, here's the moral of that story is what? Her priorities were out of whack, right? Now, some of you that are football fans are going, sounds right to me. <laughs> go to the game, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so Maylene, you'll know what happens someday, right? <laughs> but you know, it, it's easy sometimes, I think, to get our priorities out of whack. You know, I, I don't know if you'll admit that, but what happens is we get more and more things in our lives. And, and look, you can only do so much. You can have, only have so many priorities. And eventually what's going to happen is something's going to squeeze something else out. Something's going to become more important than other things. And so when you think about this matter of priorities, look, we, we, we can get distracted. And it, it, the Bible tells us that, that we can even get distracted from the things we enjoy. Uh, look at this verse here, uh, Matthew 6, 33 there. All right, somebody want to read that verse? 6.33. Yeah, so when you look at that verse, what do you think? What do you think in regards to a, a husband, a wife? What's that? God first. What else? It'll take care of the rest. Doing his will. Now, you know, how, how would you know what God's will is for you, for your marriage? Yeah, seeking him, right? You know, going to God. Well, how do you go to God? What's, what's a way you go to God? Pray. What's another way? Read your Bible. A lot of times people are like, well, how do I understand God's will? Well, where is God's will for you? It's in the word of God. They say, well, show me where, Pastor, so I can read it and find it and do it. Well, that's the whole idea. As you get into the Word of God, God will guide you. He'll show you. You know, and, and, and I will tell you, God's will for Miguel is different than God's will for me. 
Now, there are some things that it's God's will for all of us. What would something be that's God's will for all of us? To be saved. What's another thing? To love our wives. Okay, so look, we would agree there are some things, generally speaking, that is God's will for all of us. But then beyond that, we can find what is God's will for me as, as a husband? What's God's will for my wife as a wife, as a mother? And, and so the Bible says here, look, it's, it's very simple. Okay, I can't, I, can't, I can't even simplify it more than God did. Seek ye first. So what, who should be the priority in our lives? God, right? That's because we live in a day of instant gratification. How many of you get frustrated when you sit at a drive-thru window too long, right? What's taking so long? I said to my wife the other day, how long does it take to make two burritos? My wife goes, you could have gone in there and made them. No, I think think she actually said, you could have went in there and made eight of them by now. I think that's what she said. But Joe's right, is we, we, we seek God, and because God doesn't answer right away, you know, and that is true. Sometimes it takes a while for God to come back to us. But he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So not only seek God, but seek his righteousness. What does that mean? His wisdom, things that are right in the sight of God. Truth, right? And, and then the Bible says, and all these things. What do you think the Bible is intending there by saying, and all these things? What's things? Good things, godly things. Yeah? God, look, God doesn't want you to have a, a, a mediocre marriage. God wants you to have an excellent marriage. God doesn't want you to have a... Uh, uh, the wrong kind of love, he wants you to have a godly love for your spouse, a Christ-like love. You know, there's a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of surface love in the world. You know, hey, I love you, I love you. You know, sometimes I'll say to my wife, I'll say, I love you, and she'll go, I love you too, and and I'll look at her and I'll say, I love you. Like, it's not just words. And then she'll look at me like, and I love you too. <laughs> look, at, look at this verse, Matthew 22, uh, verse 36. Everybody look at these verses. Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with what? All thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. And the Bible says this is the first and greatest great commandment but then it goes right into the next verse and the second is like unto it thou shalt love thy neighbor what's those last two words as thyself now look i guarantee you most of us love ourselves we love ourselves too much 
and, and if we would learn to love God and love our neighbor like we love ourselves, it would fix a whole lot of things. You know, and you, you know, you're like, well, you don't understand what my wife does. <laughs> the Bible says love her. Love her like you love yourself. Matter of fact, love her better than you love yourself. And it, it's so easy sometimes to get our priorities out of whack, right? We, we, we don't even think about it, but our priorities get so out of whack. And it's very important that we, we see the, 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 the magnitude of this because God begins here to paint a picture of some of the priorities that we should have in our lives. And, and you know, look, maybe you know what these priorities are, but if not, then that's the purpose of this first lesson is to say, okay, now I see what God's priorities are for my life, for my marriage. And it all begins in verse number six, or chapter six there, where he says, seek you first, seek God first, him first and foremost. In, in Matthew 22, he says that we're supposed to love him and our neighbor as thyself. Yes, sir. Okay, you said Matthew 22, you got Matthew 6, 36 to 39 there. Yes, and so, oh, that should be 22, I'm sorry. That second reference should say Matthew 22, verses 36 through 39. Sorry about that. So, so here's the thing is, is that as you look at those two uh, references, what God's doing is he's painting a picture for us of having the correct priority structure. In other words, the way that we live our lives, it's a pattern of how we're going to make decisions uh, about having things in order, okay? And, you know, you can't put the cart before the horse. Got to make sure you have the right priorities. So as we, as we think of this, I want you to look at this because it's important that we understand the difference because what the difference is going to be is it'll be a difference between being blessed as a couple or being cursed as a couple. Now, I know I want God's blessing on our marriage. I don't want, I don't want the non-blessings of God. I want God to bless our marriage. And so priorities really are as somebody said they're they're the tracks that help the train to get where it's supposed to you know the right priorities will get you from point a to point b and so this morning we're going to look at some of those biblical priorities and i just want to encourage you as you look at these that listen it will cost you something but the question is are you willing to pay the price you know, it might require more time. It might require more humility. It, it might require maybe staying up one night, working through things. You know, it, it may require more time together, hopefully in the word of God. But, but we want to establish these biblical priorities for our home. So notice, number one, that our priorities demonstrate our value system. The priorities that you have. Now, you might think about your marriage and think about what are the priorities in my marriage right now? Because whatever those priorities are, they right now are dictating your value system. Okay, for instance, if, if, if you're valuing yourself over your spouse, then that's your first priority. But I want you to think about this because again, God has a... He has an order, a value system, and every one of us this morning would say that we have values. We have a system by which we believe. We have a system by which we operate, and a lot of us would probably say that, 
A lot of you this morning would even say, I value God. And, and certainly that's a good thing. But, you know, again, are we valuing God? Are we valuing our spouse? Are we valuing our children? But when you look at it, our priorities really demonstrate what our values are. In other words, what's your first priority in life as, as a couple? What's your second priority? What's your third? And so on. Years ago, my pastor helped me, and maybe we'll get into this the next time we get together, about what our priorities should be in our life, establishing the right priorities in our lives. And so we, we want to take a look at those in this foundational lesson as we get started here, because uh, we can say that we value God. But where God lands on the list of priorities in our lives is, is how we really value him. Now, again, here you are, you're in Sunday school. You know, that's, that's a pretty good indication that you value God. But remember what it said in Matthew 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So, so we have to understand this matter of valuing God in our marriages, our priorities are either enforcing our values or what our priorities are doing is they're uncovering what our priorities really are. So notice our first priority is or should be, our first priority should be God. That's what our first priority should be. Now, again, as we look at this, valuing him. Uh, somebody read Luke 14, 26. Is that, is that verse there? So again, when I look at this verse here, loving God. Now, I don't think when you look at that verse, how many of you think that God is saying in Luke 14, 26, that God is saying that we need we should hate our spouse? Do you think that what that's what that verse is saying? Now, you know, when a person, maybe an unsaved person would look at that verse, they might say, well, see right there, whenever I read that verse, it just validates whenever I argue with my spouse, you know? So if that's not what that's saying, what is it saying? What do you get out of that verse? God should be first. He should be the most important. Preeminence and everything. You know, here's the thing is, is that I just was talking to one of our men out there in the lobby before we came in here to class. And one of the biggest problems we make as Christians, or let me put it this way, as human beings, is we have this finite, limit, limited knowledge of things. And God is infinite. And when we look at things that we read in the Bible, principles that God wants for our marriages, a lot of times what we do is we try to make some sense of it. We try to figure it out, right? Now think about this. You're trying to figure it out with your human mind. Can we always understand the things of God with the human mind? No. So here's a great example. The word hate. Now when you think of hate, you think of it in a human standpoint, from a human standpoint, right? But how many of you think that God's definition of hate 
could be different than what we think hate is. How many of you think that? So, that, so the word that I think many times we focus on when we look at Luke 14, 26 is the word hate. But really what God is saying in Luke 14, 26 is, look, above your spouse, above your children, your love for me should transcend your love for anyone else. Because what I find in my life is when I am in love with God, guess what happens? I love my wife. When I'm in love with God, I love my children. Now, t let's take that and, and take it over to Matthew 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Here you go. And all these things shall be added. Do you see how they, they come together? So a lot of times, the reason that we're, we're at odds with one another is because we're not putting God first. And when we don't put God first, we're going to have problems with our relationships. Oh, okay. Jacob. Yeah, and just like we were talking about, and it may come out next hour too, but how Jacob had all those sons, but he loved Joseph more than, so it, it wasn't that he didn't love the other 11 sons that he had, he just loved Joseph because he was the son of his old age. That's true. That's true. We used to, a lot of times we, uh, when I've done marriage counseling, if you, if you think of a triangle and you put yourself and your spouse on those two outside points and you put God at the, the top point, the closer we get to God, the closer we get to each other. Kind of a similar type thing. That, so so that here's the thing is, is that when, when we think about this, the person, the husband, the wife that gives God the priority, you know what you're doing? You're valuing God. When you're making him first, then you're valuing God. Now, the, the reality is God knows then that he has your heart, that he's number one. Uh, the, the, the word desolate used, preeminence, first place. And, and it, it's important that we see this, the husband or wife, who doesn't give the priority to God, you know what they're doing? They're not valuing God. God's not the priority in their marriage. And whatever we value the most, we value more than God. So if you're putting, look, it's easy sometimes. And a lot of us, I look around because we need to, because it's a part of life, we have a job. Some of you have a business. And, and you have to put in time. Have you ever heard the, the, the statement, being married to your job? Right? How many of you have heard that? Being married to your job. You know why? Because, because you have to put in so much time. But here's the thing is, God, didn't, God, God never intended you to marry your job. He gave you a spouse. And, and here's the thing is, the priority in your marriage needs to be him and not your job. Because watch this, when you spend 
when the priority is your is your job more than God, then your priorities are out of whack. Right? You say, well, pastor, you don't understand. I have to work this much. I know this. God knows what you need to do and what you not, don't need to do. And his, God says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. When we're not seeking him first, we're not valuing God. We're devaluing God. And that's what we need to see as we consider this. For some people, their career is more valuable because they, they, they put more time they put their resources, and, and look, our first priority should be what? God. All right, now look at our second priority. Our second priority after God should be our spouse. It's very important that we understand that, that our spouse, Genesis 2, somebody read verse 24 there. Yeah, so, they, so again, this is the first commandment in the Bible where, where God actually uh, instructs the, the father and mother, the husband and wife, to be joined together as one flesh. Our marriage relationship is the most important earthly relationship that we have, listen, behind our relationship with God. So understand that, that your relationship with God should, should never take a back seat. But the next most important relationship is the relationship you have with your spouse. And we've got to see that it, that importance is that God's intention for our marriage is that we would put in time and energy. And if your spouse is not getting your time and your spouse is not getting your energy, then you, you are devaluing them. You're devaluing your your relationship that you have with him, it, 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 there might be something in your heart that's greater than they are. And by the way, you may not tell your spouse, but they know it. You know why? Because you're spending more time with whatever it is. You're spending more of your energy with whatever it is. Now, again, I'm not saying that any of these things are bad. Your job's not a bad thing. But remember, when we put something ahead of God, or we put something ahead of our spouse, we're devaluing. And that's why I said, we can all talk about what our priorities are. And we can even say that I value God the most and then my spouse, but just the fact of how you live your life, our priorities actually show what our value system is. Because of the amount of time, the amount of energy that I'm spending on that. And you know how, think about this, in the last seven days, okay, Nobody has to answer this. How have you shown your spouse that they are a priority in your life? Has there been a way that you have shown your husband or shown your wife in the last seven days? If you can't think of something, it might be an indicator that maybe he or she is not the priority in your life the way that they should be. Everybody with me? Because look, again, our priorities, they demonstrate what our value system is. So you, clearly you ought to be able to look back and go, okay, over the last seven days, I did not make my spouse the priority that I should have made because I was giving all my time to this. I was devoting all my energy to this. You see, it's, it's very simple for us to, to, to say one thing but live a totally different way. I talked to the men yesterday about having the, the intentions, but not be committed. 
You know, that's why a lot of people don't want to get married nowadays is because they don't want to make a commitment. You know, hey, why don't we just live together? That's not a commitment. You know, and when you when you got together as husband and wife, you need to understand that that everything will be good in your relationship if your priorities are right. So your first priority, it should be what? God. And your second priority is your spouse. Now look at the third one. Okay. The third one, after God and our spouse, should be our children. Our children should be our next priority. And so we'll pick it up here with our kids uh, next time we're together. But I, listen, I hope that you're, you're, you're thinking about this, all right? And, and allow yourself to have the right priority structure in your, in your marriage relationship, all right? Well, let's have a word of prayer. Lord, thank you for this time together, for a great start. Thank you for these couples. I pray that we see others come. Give us a great morning this morning and this next hour. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Lord bless you. Anybody want a, a card for questions, submit a question? Anybody? Okay. Anybody else? Pass one down to Gus look there. Anybody else want a question card? All right. Hey, thank you again. We'll, we'll, we look forward to seeing you next week. Hey, if... Um, Gus, when he gets done, that wall actually has to be folded that way, Brother Vaughn. So it starts here and folds that way, and then and then go around that back row and wheel it into the hallway back there. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks, guys.